Hey, welcome to our show, Younger, Older, with Jason and Dave. And this is the show where we talk about the things where people don't want to talk about because we want to get it out in the open, expose it to Scripture. That way we can apply it to our lives. And so we want to have those conversations that are difficult to have, to approach them in a way where it's like, hey, let's live life together. Let's look at these situations that people are afraid to talk about, apply Scripture to it so that we can change and transform our lives and encourage other people to do so. What you talking about? What you say? <laughs> Actually, you know what? It's great to be with you, Jason. It, those listening, uh, if you don't know who we are, my name is Dave Wager. Jason Kemper is my partner here, and we are different generations. Different. I'm technically a millennial. And I'm not. I'm a baby boomer. What do you think causes perspective like that in, in life? What do, you, what do you think? Is it just age? Or how do you think that people are categorized in these different areas? Like, I'm a boomer, you're yeah. millennial. How, how do you think that works? I think it comes down to several different factors. I mean, there's the age factor, which in my mind is, you know, life experience. So you've lived life for twice as long as me. So with that comes just general life experience. I have two sons that are, you know, younger, four and, and, and one, whereas you have grown up children. And so there's different experience there, which speaks into what you know about life. But then beyond that, it's, it's growing up in different eras. You know, you're a baby boomer because you grew up in a different era of culture that we are currently in. And I'm a millennial because of the cultural experience that I grew yeah. up in. And now we're almost, it seems like on the edge of another generation, the whatever you want to call it, the iGen or whatever the hot topic is out there. The you know, virtual with the, generation. The virtual where mm. it's super, you know, mobile or the, you know. Well, you know what? It's interesting, it, you know, because really if you look at the educational research, I mean, what happens is there are events in history like 9-11. Right. Everybody that was alive during 9-11 and paying attention, that changed the way they think yep. about life. That's how they actually categorize generations is by events. Right, which you were probably alive when Kennedy was assassinated. I was. I was in school, and I remember that happening. Which I just read about in history books. Right. And that, I was born after the fact. It absolutely affects your, your, your culture, your society, your thinking. Right. And so, you know what would be really interesting is to sit down sometime and just jot down, just for the fun of it, what are the major events that happened in your lifetime that actually shaped the way you think? Right. And big things, big you know, because in my life, it is September 11th with, you know, and it's years past that. I mean, we're, what, 15, 16 years after But that the now. students at Nicolay Bible Institute that we're teaching, they, they, didn't they don't remember it. 9-11. Right, because they're 18, right. 18 years old, and so they were, you know, infants at the time. So there's a whole other generation at you know. this point that does not understand 9-11. It's like talking about the Holocaust. Right. I wasn't around for that. Right. Or, or the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. These are history facts that my father lived through. Yeah. And, and when your, your parents lived through that, they acted a certain way. Like, my, you know, th that generation was very frugal in right. a lot of ways. They put everything in the bank and they, they, they hid it under their mattress, their money, and all kinds of stuff. And the reason they did is they went through a depression. Right. Where one day they didn't have any money. Mm -hmm. You know, all of a sudden it was really gone. Mm -hmm. and, and since they lived through that, my grandfather was a millionaire. Oh, he wow. was a bricklayer. He actually made most of the buildings at Wheaton College. And wow. he was in Wheaton, Illinois, and he was a bricklayer. And he lost all of his money. In the Great Depression. In the Great Depression. So my wow. family is not a millionaire because I, of that. <laughs> that yeah. explains what, my it, next question. I'm it, like, where'd it go, Dave? <laughs> yeah, it went, it went wherever it went. I, you know, what, what happened to it? Right. And, and so that generation was shaped by that. My generation, we were shaped by, um, I remember, I, I can tell you some events. Um, JFK assassination, obviously. I remember being a kid, I don't remember how it all worked in what order, but, right. uh, but I remember the events. Yeah. Landing on the moon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was huge. 
That was huge. Huge. Yeah, that was huge. You know huge. what I mean? That was, that was very cool. Um, and, and it was because we were, we were battling the Russians for that. Right. So that was, a, that was like a Super Bowl victory in space yep. you know, for us. I remember having drills in school where they were nuclear bomb attack drills. Wow. See, so it shapes us when the nuclear bombs, you know, Hiroshima, all that kind of stuff after that. Right. We realize that those things could actually be unleashed. Right. So we... <laughs> well, then you jump forward, you know, a, a decade or two, and, you know, rather than having those sort of drills in school now, now we have, you know, unfortunately, you know, um, active shooter drills. Right. You know, and, and that's kind of what has come to define the current generation, you know, beginning kind of never would have thought of that you know because i remember you know looking back at defining moments i remember when i was in school in one of the first kind of not premiere but one of the first school shootings that happened that was columbine you know back in the 90s and i mean that's when i was younger but that was kind of the first now it seems like unfortunately it's become like almost an everyday headline oh it is it is and uh, i think i saw a statistic that you know in 2017 which is the current year that we're in i think there's been 31 school shootings across the U.S. so far, right? which is unbelievable. right? And so it's amazing how, you know, you look at history, you look at events, you know, and we just had hurricanes rip through Florida and the Caribbean. And so it, here in the Midwest, it didn't really impact us. But for those people, that is a huge um, life event. And even in Houston, that has changed the way that they look at life and the way that we look at everything. And as we consider these things, it shapes the way that we think, the way that we treat people, the way that we act, the way we respond. And then you throw on other things like technology and how that's impacted us. I mean, they just released, the, it's the 2017th is the 10th anniversary of the iPhone, which yep. transforms the way not only that we use technology, but Dave, even as we interact with people, because I even see the difference as a millennial, the way that I interacted as a kid and the way that you know young teenagers now interact. I mean, this might date me, but I didn't get my first cell phone until I was, you know, a freshman, sophomore in college. Right. Because I wasn't wealthy enough in high school to have one. Right. And now it's normal for a nine-year-old to have a smartphone. Yep. And, and, and as we think about how then we discuss, relate, and, and face the world, all of those things are factors. And it impacts the way that we think, the way that we function, the way that we talk to people or not talk to people, you know, because it's comfortable for me here to talk to you, Dave. But for some people, they're petrified to talk to and right. carry on a conversation that's beyond their weather or the sports or what just happened or what football team just won or how the Bears just crushed the Packers or, you know, different things like Very that. Very rare. That's like the eclipse, man. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm yeah. still dreaming here, yeah. but that's okay. That's like the eclipse. It happens once every, what, 2,000 years or something. Well, not yeah, that long. It, it's yeah. supposed to happen again in like 2024 or All something. Right. Well, we'll let the Bears win that often. Okay. As, as often as there's a Well, we're not, even, we're not even getting that. You know, here's, here's the question I have for you, though. I mean, we talked about events in history. Now, there are some things in, in life that don't change. Right. I mean, the, the most important things in life, and, and me as an older guy, I'll tell you the things I've learned in life, the most important things in life don't change. Uh-huh. Okay, so when we understand that the most important things don't change, the things that do change, if they change the way that we respond to the things that don't change, for example, yep. uh, relationships, right? Uh, all the good stuff in life happens because we have relationships. Mm-hmm. Relationships with God, relationships with people. How has the modern era affected, or how has the events in like your life affected relationships? That's the real question. Right. 
And, and that because if it's the most important thing in life, and really that hasn't changed. And I would suggest that the most important things in life really haven't. I mean, if you go back and say, what is, what is the element of a good relationship? I would say the, you know, as I think about my good relationship, it's the time spent. Okay. It's the, the wisdom transferred, the love transferred, you know, and, and shared experiences, shared experiences and life experiences and, and those sort of things. And those are the things that regardless of what changes around you, those don't change. So virtual uh, experiences, are they the same as live experiences? I would say no. I mean, they're, they're different experiences, but I would say that they're different. You okay. Know? Well, let me throw something at you. Yeah. I, I was reading about um, what psychology will do in the future just basically have said that they can start solving problems through virtual reality hmm. in the future that the problem is is that people are actually in reality and they need to change their reality so that they're not angry or depressed or right. whatever else what do you think of that I, I don't i don't know if i buy into it you know because I know that I, I realize that we've gone digital in a lot of things and we've gone virtual in a lot of things. I mean, you can even have a virtual doctor visit now, you know, and uh, which could be bad. I mean, or could be good depending on what, what's wrong with you. Um, but when you start talking about, you know, these sort of things, I think there's something that's, that's missing in the virtual environment. It's not real. I mean, it is, but it's not. I mean, if I were just to, if my interaction with you, Dave, was to be strictly over a video chat, you know, or, you know, a Snapchat or an Instagram, you know, and I'm just communicating to you just this virtual relationship. Yes, there would be some depth to it, but it wouldn't be the same sort of depth or connection as me sitting here next to you in physical, ver you know, physical form. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. You know, and so as then, as you have those relationships and have, as you get to talking about truth and things that don't change, how does that then impact right. the bigger picture? Well, well, let me ask you this. I mean, most millennials uh, yeah. watch a lot of movies. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, most of my generation taught them how to watch television, but they were watching all, uh, you know, stupid sitcoms. I mean, right. but they still watched a lot, but it, was, it wasn't as much movies, I don't think, as it was TV. I mean, I'm the generation that started off black and white TV. Right. Nine, 19 Inch was a big one. It was black and white. And we, I remember the first time we called it clickers when you could change the channel from sitting down. Oh, wow. Because the, cha the channel actually went click, 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 click to change it. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you talk to somebody my age and they'll tell you, yeah, we had a TV clicker. Okay. And, and that meant I could sit in my lazy boy, hit the channel up button and you heard click, 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 click. And huh. it went to the next channel. Yeah. And so they got the nickname clicker. Okay. Um, and obviously now that's a joke for people. If I say, every once in a while it'll slip at home, I go, do you know what a clicker is? <laughs> you know, I'm talking about the remote. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but, but as a kid, it was a clicker. Yeah. And, you know, you had a 19-inch black and white television. Yeah. That was the size of, like, That was Texas. huge. <laughs> that was huge. So, uh, I mean, now you have people that are totally into, oh, man, whether it be Netflix or, or, or oh, Sun anything. TV or whatever anything. else, you, you've it's got on these on-demand movies. Right. Movies, TV shows, and, and it's a way where you could just binge watch. How much, how much does a millennial watch? Uh, it's quite a bit, I would say. So I, don't even, I can't even define. I mean, I don't have any stats in front of me, but I, if I were to guess, I would say that an average millennial nowadays would at least watch three hours. So, so how does can, uh, uh, absorbing all this pretend affect the real? You Do you start, think it does? I think, it, I think it does. I think it changes your expectations of what happens in real life. So how? You know, because you see, 
I mean, even you see, say relationships. We've been talking about relationships. You see relationships, whether it be on movies or TV shows, that that either set up these expectations that are beyond what's real. You know, I mean, you have love at first sight. You have, you know, all these, you know, love stories or whatever it is. And, and then you try to take those expectations that you see on there and you expect that to happen in real life and it doesn't. And so then it creates this problem because there's a disconnect. Yeah. Can you, I mean, if you're in a relationship with somebody, one of the things you do, like you're dating somebody, whatever, yeah. you say, let's go to a movie. Does that enhance your relationship? I mean, what happens when you're at the movie? You sit and watch a screen. So does that help your relationship? You know, I would, I would say no, because you're not, I mean, you could. So why go? That's a good question. And that's a very valid question. I know that's pushing the ropes. And that's why, you know, the show is called What'd You Say is because we're going to ask those questions. But, you know, what is the point of taking your boyfriend or girlfriend to a movie? You know, is it because you want to go there and ha- watch a romantic movie and have a chance to make Are out there with any them? standards on movies? You know, I. I mean, do you have any standards and why would you? Why would you go to a movie? I mean, why would you have standards? I, I mean, know. what are the standards that, like, do you go to any movie? I. If, you, if you're a millennial, you say any movie because. I mean, obviously, you probably go to one that, that has some interest to you. Okay. You know? Well, I don't know if it matters if it's. And the rating doesn't to, matter? You know, I, 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 for some, I don't think so. You know, and I, I think, and that's where, you know, even as you look at culture and you look at everything, that's where it goes back to these things that don't change, and that's truth. And so my hope is, is that whatever your truth system is, and hopefully we'll talk about this as we develop this show. But whatever your truth system should incorporate into those decisions you make, so you shouldn't necessarily go see any movie. But I think that some people have a disconnect where they're like, well, it's not real, and I could filter out the bad stuff, so it's really not a big deal if I watch it. What do you think about that, Dave? Does that make sense? It does, but I think that we need to spend some more time unwrapping that because I think actually that a whole culture is being developed around the fantasy rather than reality. Yeah. And I think there's great dangers in that. So we're going to take a little break, and, and we're going to come back and, and talk for another 15 minutes or so about fantasy world and how that's actually affecting our reality. Hey, welcome back to Younger Older. This is Jason Kemper and Dave Wager joining you and hanging out and talking about the things that people just don't want to talk about. And so we're going to say some things that might make you think, might make you frustrated, might make you upset, or might make you glad that we said it. But that's why we're here. And so uh, we're back. We're, we just got done talking about virtual reality. And Dave, did you just say that virtual reality has a negative impact on relationships at times? I think it can, very much so. Really? I mean, think about it. Explain yeah. that a little bit more for me. So let's say that I'm a young person and or an old person, and I want to go and I meet somebody and say, hey, let's go watch a movie. So we go watch a movie. Now, first of all, is the movie real or pretend? It's pretend. Yeah, most likely. There's very few movies that are made. Unless you know, it's a documentary. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like let's go see a documentary. I don't think too many people do that. <laughs> you know, you can do that on your phone, I guess. But yeah. it's like, no, let's go see a movie. Okay, so, so we sit there for the whole movie, and, and both of us watch something that's not real. And we, we learn all about what's not real from the people who are portraying something. But we don't talk to each other. We but don't it, look it, at each other. But it is real because I see them on the screen and mm-hmm. it's similar relationships to what I have, right? Yeah. I no. Know. no. Yeah, yes and no. Okay. Because here's, I think, what happens. Because you're not really getting to know the person you're with at all. You're really not getting to know them. I, right. I would suggest if you want to spend time with somebody, go serve somewhere. Go, go do something together, work together, do something. I know it sounds like, man, Dave, you're sounding like a baby boomer, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. But, 
the truth is, if you really want to get to know somebody, you got to do stuff with them and not just go to a movie. Right. Because here's what happens, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong. You sit at a movie, and let's say it's not a, a great movie in the first place. Let's say there's a lot of scenes in there with words you shouldn't be listening to or sexual connotations or actually sexual scenes or whatever else might be happening on, on that. So here you are. You're watching this pretend stuff, and this pretend stuff actually has triggers in your brain. So let's say there's, there's sexual content on it. You have these triggers in your brain, boom, 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 going off. Mm-hmm. So you're done with your date. You've got all these, these triggers that were fired sexually. So now you're, you're taking your date home and you're thinking in terms of sexuality because of all the stuff that you just watched. Right. You still have not talked to your date. Right. Unless you're commenting on That's the right. film. That's right. You still have not looked in that person's eyes. You still have not talked to them about their life. You still don't know them. You know all the hormones that are now in place from the movie you know, all the pretend stuff that went on in the movie, this is affecting you, and you think that this helps your relationship in somehow. Right. And, and I don't think so. I, I think, you know, in general, I think you have to be very careful about what you put in that head of yours, and, and it does affect how you live. Mm. Um, if you want good relationships, if you really want a solid relationship, you're a millennial, Jason. Tell me, what do I need to do? Do I need to go to a movie and sit for three hours a day and say, look, we but went to movies Dave, seven days a week? But what if the movie causes good relationships after it? I mean, good conversations. It could. Doesn't it then justify the movie? It might, but good conversations about the pretend? Ah, oh, that's valid. You know. you know, I mean, let's talk about the pretend world. Right. And let me ask you this question just generally. Who's in charge of the pretend? Hollywood. Okay. Or wh- whatever you're watching. And I'm thinking more whatever. celestial, who's in charge. Oh, right, right. So who actually is in charge of this virtual world? Right. I mean, I can pretend all kinds of things. When I was a kid, I kept, it was during the Cold War, and I would, pre- you know, as I would dream, I actually had dreams, and I would dream that I was the guy that flew the airplane over Russia and dropped the big one. You know, I mean, that's virtual, because you know why? We were scared to death as kids over what was going on in our country and over the, the bombs that were being produced, and over the fact that we were having drills to try and protect us from the, the atom bombs that were going to fall. I mean, this was real to us. Right. We were in real danger. I look back on it now, and nobody does those drills anymore. First of all, they'd be futile. If you went under your desk because they dropped an atom bomb, that is not going to save you. So you might as well go out and watch it. You know what I mean? Right, e- right. Either way. But the bottom line really is this virtual world we live in, mm-hmm can be extremely damaging right. to how we think. It could ruin the way we think about uh, sexual relationships. It can ruin the way we think about each other. It can ruin the way we think about money, right. power, authority. Right. It could ruin those things. Mm-hmm. It, it, could, it could make us think that violence is a norm. Mm-hmm. Now, you earlier were talking about in your generation, there's more normative behavior of violence at school. Yeah, yeah. Why? And I don't know. You know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously not a, an academic to study that specific area, but I would say that um, that it's just part of what people are taking in and seeing. Okay. Let, let me ask you this. I, I don't know if you've noticed. Um, I don't, I'm not a huge, like, television watcher. Yeah. But I'll watch the news. Okay. Okay. Or I'll watch a football game. Right. And when you do that, there's these advertisements that come on for other programs. Right. Right. How many of them are violent in content? No, there's probably violence in a lot of things. I, I mean, I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm shocked at like the weirdness. Yeah. 
uh, space alienist kind of stuff, right. um, witchcraft kind of stuff, um, anger, uh, CSI kind of stuff, people right. murdering and slicing people into pieces and throwing them down sewers kind of stuff. You know, and, and this is like mainstream. Right. Right. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to be real here. I'm going to take it real um, because this is what you say. And so say, for example, a, a show like, you know, very popular Game of Thrones. <clears throat> Have you heard of that, Dave? I've heard of it. Never seen you know, it, but I, heard of it. You know, and I'll admit I've never actually sat and watched the episode. I've read about it and things like that. I do know there's a lot of things, you know, that are in there, whether it be nudity, you know, whether it be violence, whether it be language you know, that are in there. Now, as a Jesus follower, can I justify watching it? Because it's entertainment, it's not real. And in my mind, I know that those things are wrong. Can I still watch it? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, you know, I want to be an Olympic athlete, but right. I don't want to work out. Right. Well, you know, you want to guard your mind. The Bible tells us in, in um, Proverbs right. that we need to guard our heart or guard our mind. And there's a reason why we have to guard our mind. Mm -hmm. It's because it's the, the wellspring. It's, in other words, it's where all the life comes from that we have. So if I'm Satan, if I'm on the opposite side, what I want to do is pollute the mind. Yeah. Because then I can't get good water. I can't get what I need to for life. Absolutely. And what's interesting to me is that Jesus in the Bible said that when he came, it, it doesn't say in the Bible, Jesus didn't ever said this, I came to keep you out of hell. He didn't do that. Mm -hmm. He said, I came to give you life. Yeah. And to give it to you more abundantly. Yep. Now, I'm thinking, okay, if, if the creator and sustainer of the universe says that, if, if he says, here's why I came, mm -hmm. then that's why he came. Yeah. And it's not about limiting our choices. Mm -hmm. I mean, ask, ask any, any, any lady that is thinking clearly about life. Do you think that the ladies that in the world want to be honored as ladies and not used as objects? I would say that, you know. Okay. Do, you, do yeah. we see that in movies and films and all I that kind of stuff? No. I would say it goes the opposite way. Okay. You know? So why are we watching the stupid thing? Precisely. You know, and I, even as a millennial, I would say that I break the mold in that sense because a lot of people would say, well, you're just conservative. But, you know, I, I would, in this case, I would say I have the same line of thought because I see, what, you know, what Scripture says, you know, where we have verses where it says, you know, take every thought captive. You know, meaning that there, there's things that influence us in ways that we don't realize. You know, so even though we might say, well, I, I could turn away from the TV when this comes on. A, it's like, I don't even know when that, that scene is going to happen. Yeah, it doesn't you work. You know, I might, I might hear words and it's like, well, I don't use those words. But in the subconscious, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, how many times in our minds do we hear words come up that we don't necessarily audibly say, but that we're struggling with in our heads? And that's all because we're intaking it in a way that, that God is showing us in Scripture. He's like, this isn't how we're designed to be. But I think in our culture, looking at our influences and, and, and stuff, you know, we talk about Satan, you know, and the ways that he tempts us and shows up for, to us. I think the reason that, you know, we don't necessarily, quote unquote, see Satan at work like we would see in like third world countries is because he is hidden so well in America that he doesn't have to show himself. Yep. You know, when you have Christians arguing whether or not to watch something, you know, like... Game of Thrones, and I realize that this is a touchy subject, but that's why I'm saying it is because as a Jesus follower, knowing that we're supposed to surround ourselves, you know, you look at what, what, what Paul said at the end of James, not James, sorry, Philippians, you know, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, if there's anything praiseworthy, think about these things and the peace of God will be with you. You know, that's, that's the calling that we have. 
And so you take that verse and you apply it to your life. And how then can you justify the virtual reality of that TV show in your own life? Right. How does that not only impact your relationships? You know, how does that not only impact your your relationship with God? And that's that's why I want to ask that question, Dave. But, but, but let me ask you this, though. I, I've had a lot of young people come to me and say, "Well, Dave, you're old, and we want to fit into culture. We want to be able to relate to people." So you know, they talk about this. And can, let me ask you this, Jason. You and I are friends. Can I not relate to you because I don't watch? Uh, that program, you re- I would say that you relate to me fairly well. Uh, okay, and it's not because I I watch a program or not watch a program. Right. It it really has to do with the important things in life. Right. I mean, honestly, if you want to relate to people and you want people to look at you and be your friend, right? Then give them something to look at. Right. I mean, um, Andy Stanley and- once said, "If when you're falling off a cliff, you're not looking at those falling with you for help. Right. You're looking at the person standing at the top." Right. So be the person standing at the top. I fully agree. And, and even as you talk about relating to people, what's, what's that word you're using? Relate. You know, it goes back to relationships. Yeah. You know, and relationships aren't divine on what you watch, you know, or what you, you know. And how are you helping anyone when you're all falling off a cliff? Right. You know, relationships at the core, what it is, is showing people that you love them and you care for them. And that's biblical. I mean, that's that's why it's good. I mean, you talk, you talk about, you know, learning and gleaning the biblical truths. You know, what are we called to do? We're supposed to love God and love others. That's the relational side of things. And you do that, you know, by unplugging and actually getting to know the person for who they are, not just what, you know, they watch or don't like. You know, I mean, yes, it's getting to know their likes and, and dislikes. But, you know, if you think about the people in your life, you know, and I, whether it's you, Dave, or whoever is tuning into the show and listening, if you think about the people that you care about in your life, it's the people that you have relationships with, not just people that you went and watched a movie with or, or talked about. It's really those people that went beyond in a relationship that says, you know what? I care about you, and I'm investing in your life. Yeah. We all have those people. You know what? I, w- I would suggest this, uh, that somebody listening or anyone you know, that listens in the future here, if, if in your life you're sitting there saying, boy, you know what? I am missing out on life. I'm watching all this virtual reality stuff. In other words, I'm watching movies. I'm watching everyone else on, on whatever social media platform you're on, you know, and I'm really missing out. I feel bad about who I am. I feel bad about my looks. I feel bad about my, my life. You have the wrong inputs. Right. You have right. the wrong inputs. So what I want you to do is use that as a barometer mm-hmm. because a barometer isn't something that causes weather. Yeah. And if you don't know what a barometer is, it, it's something you look at and it tells you what's coming weather-wise. Thank you, because I had no idea what you're talking yeah, about. Well, I mean, it's one of those things that some people actually use, but now you can just have That's an app for it. I was so going to say, say, I just, what's the weather today? Yeah, when they say high pressure, low pressure, I mean, barometer measures that. I don't even know what sort of pressure is yeah. outside. Anyways. But regardless, the barometer never causes weather. It reflects what the weather will be. So it's not like I can get a barometer and set it so that it's sunny tomorrow. Okay. The barometer is going to tell me that it's going to be either sunny, rainy, cloudy. It's going to tell me that by by what it it forecasts according to the pressure, the the, the atmospheric pressure that's out there. So, not going into science, that's a very important indicator of what most likely will happen tomorrow. If you are one who's totally wrapped up in in the fantasy world, whether it be movies or television, or you're totally wrapped up in social media, and this is your life, I would almost guarantee that that your own personal image that you're not satisfied with who you are, that other people are having a better time than you, that you struggle possibly with depression and anger and, and, and feeling left out. I think you're, I mean, those are things that, that you're going to struggle with. Right. And, and you may not want to hear the answer 
but it's that you're living your life in virtual reality rather than reality. Right. And you need to stop that. You need to make some decisions not to do that anymore. And I would suggest that you find somebody who actually is older than you and actually loves God and knows the Bible and say, hey, man, here's how I feel in life. Tell them about the barometer settings. Here's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling unloved. I'm feeling ugly. I'm feeling, you know, I mean, and, and what you will be able to trace it back to, I believe, is all the inputs in your life that really shouldn't even be there. So this is Jason and Dave. We'll see you next time.